How are you doing? My name is Christopher Brown, host of the podcast Sports Talk with Chris, and you're now tuning in to my newest episode. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and have a great day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sports Talk with Chris. Today's episode is all about the NBA draft, and we're going to have some surprise topics for you at the end. Now, I'm going to let my guest introduce himself for me. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Uh, it's Coach Cam from Time Out with Coach Cam. Uh, I'm excited to be here, excited to talk uh, NBA, NBA draft. Um, you guys can catch me uh, on Facebook, Cam Chancellor. Uh, you can catch me on uh, Instagram, Coach Cam C, uh, Twitter, Coach Cam C as well. Uh, also um, on Instagram, I time out with Coach Cam page, timeout underscore with Coach Cam. So you can catch me all there. We're on YouTube as well, timeout with Coach Cam. Uh, so make sure you subscribe and tune into some of the content. Yes, I definitely have those links in the description, man. Cam, I'm glad I could finally get you on the episode. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's been it's been a while. It's been overdue, but glad we able to get it done. Yes, yes, yes. So the NBA draft. I know we talked a lot before the draft, during the draft, and after the draft. And you know, we kind of see eye to eye on some of these things. This was a very interesting draft, but honestly, I feel like it has the potential to be a great draft down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, if you look at some of the names, uh, you know, that, that was drafted high, especially. I think. You have a chance for you know quite a few all-star caliber caliber players and potential all NBA players come out of, out of this draft just depending on how they develop. Um, but yeah, it was some uh, shocking things that happened. I feel like some names dropped that I don't think should have dropped, or yes. some names that went a little bit higher um, than they should have. But that's what we're here to discuss. That's definitely what we're here to discuss. So let's get into our first topic the three winners of the NBA draft. Now, we can either go back and forth or we can list all three. It's up to you. Uh, we can do back and forth. That's cool. I like going back and forth. All right, I'll, I'll let you start it off. Uh, uh, one winner for me uh, that I look at is the Charlotte Hornets right off the bat. Um, being able to get uh, James Knight, who I was higher on than, than most. Mm-hmm. I had him rated the third, third overall as far as uh, NBA prospects coming out. Uh, I, I know the Charlotte Hornets did not expect him to drop to 11, and for him to be paired next next uh, alongside Alonzo uh, Ball, uh, you talk about a potential dynamic, uh, you know, backcourt in the future with him, and you have somebody to feed it to who can shoot the ball, can score the ball at all three levels. I thought that was a steal for the Hornets um, for him to drop uh, at 11. Um, and also them drafting Kai Jones, the center, uh, that gives them some stability there. And the Hornets, you know, who were, a t- you know, a 10 seed last year or perhaps made the uh, uh, made the playing game, you have to look at them as possibly being, a, you know, a top eight seed or a top seven seed uh, moving forward in the season. So I like what Charlotte did in the draft. I definitely have to agree with you. You know, like I said in the intro, we saw eye to eye on a lot of things. And the Hornets was actually one of the teams on my list. You know, we talked about Book Knight. You know, you were higher on him than most. I know we talked about that earlier. I didn't think he was going to be 
Well, I thought, honestly, the way the draft was heading, I thought, you know, they get drafted to a, you know, a specific team. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But as he continued to fall, I made a tweet. I said, you know, don't let him go to the Grizzlies or don't let him go to the Hornets. And the fact that the Hornets were able to get Book Knight, you know, they locked up a future backward duo that's going to be scary. You know, Kai Jones, I always said the Hornets, you know, watching them last year, they need a center that can run the floor, that can jump, that can rebound, that can be athletic, you know, because LaMelo, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, Rozier, they're going to run. So don't they don't need their big man being last. Sometimes they need their big man ahead of them. And Kai Jones is honestly, he might be the most athletic big in the draft. And I love what they did in the second round, grabbing JT Thor, you know, he has a lot of untapped potential. He's raw, but if they're able to develop him, he could be a, a nice, you know, a nice role player. Then Scotty Lewis, you know, I had some friends, you know, go against him in high school. He has incredible athleticism. And so, you know, hopefully yeah. he's able to pan out. And another guy that be able to make the roster if he's at the G League then comes up because he, you know, that guard spot, that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six range with that athleticism, he has potential to be special one day in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with you. Um, I feel like they had a lot of pieces that's going to help them move forward. Mm-hmm. Not only help them move forward, they can, you know, help them, you know, rather sooner than later. Uh, so I really thought um, that the Hornets had a great draft. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. But the team, so I'm not even going to go into my, you know, deep dive analysis on the Hornets, and you basically covered it. So I'm going to just go with the Rockets. I'm going to go with the Rockets. I, I, you know, on my NBA, you know, draft lottery episode I put out on YouTube, I said the Rockets have the potential to have the best draft because not only did they have the number two pick, where in my opinion, they could have went, they could have went three different players. You could have went Suggs. You could have went uh, Mobley. They decided to go with Jalen Green, who I thought there's, there's no wrong choice right there at number two. You know, they had the 23 and the 24 pick going into the draft. And I knew this would be a deep draft with a lot of guys that could pan out because this draft had a ton of potential. So I knew you can get some quality guys there. But they ended up making a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder to, you know, acquire the number 16 pick, which, in my opinion, I don't know how they ended up doing it. I don't know why the Thunder traded that pick because they got a big man in Sagan, who, in my opinion, was the second highest, you know, rated big man in the draft. And I thought he was a top 12 prospect. I don't know how he fell down to 16 because a lot of teams needed a center. You know, Sagan from Turkey, his inside presence, man, it, it's different. He's aggressive and inside. He doesn't, you know, play around. He has a ton of moves. He has the elbow game. And I know a lot of people, because of the new age NBA, they say, can you stretch the floor out? And, you know, you look at his, you know, three-point percentage is kind of low, but I look at his free throw percentage and the amount of times he gets there, and for him to get to the free throw line six, seven times and shoot 81% from the free throw line, that's indicated to me that he's going to be a great, you know, shooter down the line. You're able to get Uzman from Spain. This dude is a versatile defender, can guard multiple positions, three through five. You know, he's only going to pan out, you know, get better on the offensive end. But the fact that I see them and they have a lot of defenders on that team for me is good when you have guys like Jalen Green who's a bucket getter Kevin Porter Jr. who's a bucket getter I got a guy in Christian Wood who's multi-dimensional but he's a very good offensive player then you go at 24 and you get Josh Christopher I don't know again how he fell to 24 because coming out of high school he was considered by most you know a top 16 pick he's another guy at that wing position explosive athlete three level scorer can create his own shot and the fact that they were to get him at 24 helps the Rockets out because not only did they, you know, get their young guys with potential, you know, for this post-Harden era, but they got four guys, in my opinion, that can make an immediate impact. And Jalen uh, Green and Josh Christopher played together in the AU circuit in high school, so I know they got some familiarity. And, you know, looking at the Houston Rockets roster, Christopher is going to be a guy coming off the bench that can give them easy buckets. Yeah, absolutely. And with 
Christopher, I just think with Arizona State not playing well, mm-hmm. and he was kind of a little bit inconsistent yeah. um, alongside Ricky Martin. I think that's what, you know, caused him to drop. But sometimes you got to look at people's game, and it's not necessarily for the college game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Josh Christopher is one of those examples where uh, the college game might have stifled him a little bit. But I think in the NBA, he could be really good, and he's playing alongside his, like, his brother's best friend. Um, you know, Jalen Green. So, you know, that could definitely be a nasty, nasty, uh, you know, wing duo there with them too. Um, so I definitely like, you know, what, what the what the Rockets did. Um, you know, I mean, they definitely loaded up, got, you know, in this draft and really set themselves up well for the future, you know, depending on how they guys develop. So I, I definitely um, I'm on board with the Houston Rockets. Um, as far as who I like, it's kind of a – kind of a dark horse because they didn't have high picks. Mm -hmm. But I really like what the Clippers did. Mm. They were able to get Jason Preston. And I don't know, he was a second-round pick, early in the second round. But, man, this dude, he's a monster at point guard. And that's what they needed. And this guy, you know, put up triple doubles in college. He could score all three levels. Um, And I I like his whole story of, you know, he was a, uh, you know, high school recruit. He didn't have any D1 scholarships. You know, he was – you know, he had to go to prep school, you know, and then a prep school, uh, you know, and then Ohio threw him a scholarship. He, that was the only D1 scholarship he had. And now he's in the NBA. Um, he was one of the best guards in the nation mm-hmm. um, and helped Ohio actually win a tournament game last year, uh, put off an upset. So I like what they did get, moving up to get Jason Preston because I think he could be one of those guys that, that could be honestly special at the point guard position. Mm-hmm. And also they also got Quentin Grimes, too. Uh, the guard from Houston, um, you know, he, he could play point guard. He could play the two guard, combo guard, uh, most likely in the NBA. And those are positions that they really needed to needed to hammer home to fill out that roster. So uh, I like what the Clippers did. Yeah, and they also got in the second round, Brandon uh, Boston Jr., who was another guy yeah. in college that didn't have the best collegiate career but you see the potential as a scorer in his yep. game an explosive athlete so i think you know a couple of years you know learning from paul george learning from Kawhi, learning learning how to be a pro you know you know getting some more way upon him i think he could be special yes absolutely so i think they got three guys for them to pick where they are to mm-hmm. really help their roster you know run a super another team on my list i'm going with the detroit pistons Mm. I'm going with the Detroit Pistons. You know, I look at what they did and get it. First of all, we should just say their name just because the kid kind of him alone. I mean, you got a guy, in my opinion, who was by far the best prospect in the draft. You know, I, I look at him play at six eight. you know, being multi-dimensional, you know, can score all three levels, can be a playmaker, can defend. I lo- you know, if I had to compare him, and I hate comparing guys, especially the old school guys, but he reminds me of a former Detroit Piston in Grand Hill, a big guard who could play uh, different positions, can defend, can get downhill. You know, he might have more of a jump shot than Grand Hill. Grand Hill might be more inside-oriented, but if I had to give him, you know, a comparison, I really like that comparison with Grand Hill. Mm, yeah, that, that is a great comparison. I didn't – when they said it the other night, I was like, wow, that, that's a perfect comparison. And then I perfect look at – comparison. Yeah, and I look at what they did, you know, getting Isaiah Livers, guard from Michigan, and then the underrated pick who a lot of people – and I know you're not high on them, but Luca Garza – 
<laughs> I feel like where they got him at, at 52, they didn't get him in the first round. They didn't get him at top 20, right. top 15, even though he had a you know amazing collegiate career. They got him at 52. And when I look at the Detroit Pistons, you know, in their roster, and I know I tweeted out they might be able to fight for the playing team. You told me you don't really believe in that. <laughs> but when I look at their roster and how young they are, I look at a guy and you know, Sadiq Bay was a three and D guy. I look at Jeremy Grant. I'm not high on Jeremy Grant, but I feel like bringing in K Cunningham to be your true number one Jeremy Grant game will become a little bit more better. I look at the center position, you know, Isaiah Stewart is nice, but when you have a guy like Luca Garza coming off the bench, he could just focus on scoring. And that's when I like when you have certain guys off the bench that when they're great at one thing, you let you let them excel. Yeah, exactly. You let them excel at that one thing. So Luca Garza doesn't have to come in and worry about, you know, being a great defender off the rip or being a great rebounder. His mind can mindset can be okay. I'm great at scoring. Let me do this and let my other game evolve. Like if I had to compare him to somebody. You know, his role, I think, which is going to be early, kind of in his canter. And his canter might be a better rebounder, but in his canter, his role is to come in and score. And I feel like, you know, Luca Garza can do that as a backup center. Yeah, and I, and I apologize, too, because Quinn Graham, Quinn Graham got traded to the, to Knicks, the Knicks. So I do so I do apologize about that, everyone. He got traded to the Knicks. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, I, I still love what they did with Jason Preston because I think he's one of the – Underrated players in this draft. Didn't the Clippers get Keon Johnson, if I'm not mistaken? Keon Johnson. I th- I think I'm yes. Gonna... The Knicks. Yes, yes. So yeah, they traded uh, that pick to the Clippers, and then and they got the 25th pick. So Keon Johnson goes to the Clippers once again. Kind of, he's 18 point scorer. Mm-hmm. Basically, Quentin Grimes, someone that can score all three levels. They yeah. need to uh, improve on this jump shoot a little bit, but. He could definitely get buckets for them, and you know, someone that could get buckets coming off the bench. So, um, with T.I. Johnson and uh, Jason Press, I like those, I like those two for sure. I just want to clear that up there, yeah, definitely. But, uh, my, my last team that I, I thought, um, you know, really, really did well, and you know, I, I, I looked at them and I had to kind of Kind of, you know, look, because I was kind of concerned about it. But Scotty Barnes and the Raptors, mm. I like I like the pick. And I know that was just like their, really their main pick out of that. But mm-hmm. I like what they're doing because everybody was like, oh, my God, they need a PG. I'm like, Fred Van Fleet played PG at Wichita State. He, yeah. was, he was leading the NCAA in assists. So he kind of transformed his game to play alongside, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. However, he's a point guard. So I, I'm i glad they didn't have to feel like they needed to, you know, go out and get a point guard. They already had one. They get somebody like Scotty Barnes. Um, I think he will be, become a better offensive player as, you know, as time progresses. But right now you got somebody, um, I don't dare I say it, but he's almost kind of like he gives you, the benches in the type of game that Scotty Pippen will give you. Mm-hmm. As far as he can play point four, he's a hell of a playmaker. Um, like I said, he can improve his shooting. But right now, even entering the NBA, you can put him on probably one through four, and he can hold his own defensively. And that's huge where so much versatility in the NBA. you got to switch so many things. I think Scotty Barnes is going to be someone that can give him a whole bunch of minutes uh, right away. So, I like what the Raptors did there um, and, and getting Scotty Barnes. I was a little bit higher on Scotty Barnes than most. Uh, I had yes. him as my fourth overall player, and he went fourth. 
Um, but I, I, I do like what he gives them, and I think he's going to give them playmaking ability, um, energy, and he's a winner too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the, when the lights shine the brightest and they needed a game-winning shot at Florida State, they went to Scotty Barnes. And, you know, and he came through. You know, and sometimes you down the stretch, you can kind of forget percentages and all that. He made winning plays. And, you know, I, I'm excited about him and Toronto. Yeah, I know we talked about that when it happened. I was shocked at first, you know, because I thought the ideal pick would go with, you know, like I said, the traditional point guard and Jalen Suggs. But as we talked about it and as I sat back and relaxed, I'm thinking to myself, you're right. Van Vliet was a point guard in college. And also we talked about, you know, how good Scotty Barnes can be. He can be a point forward. And so yep. in today's basketball and positionless basketball, you don't need – you know, always a traditional point guard when you have guys that can be playmakers. And I look at, you know, you have him, Ojeanu Wanobi, and Pascal Siakam. If they're mm-hmm. playing the two, three, and four, that is a two, three, and four that can switch on everything, that mm-hmm. all have, you know, can do everything with the ball, off the ball. Pascal Siakam is probably the best scorer, but all those three guys can score when need to, and they all can defend multiple positions. I think that, you know, as I sat back and thought about it, that is a deadly pick that can have the potential to be monstrous. Yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think he'll be one of the best players in the draft when it's all said and done. And I, I cannot argue with that. My last team I'm going with is the Golden State Warriors. You know, mm. when, when I did my draft lottery episode, I said the Warriors is either two – if they want to be the winner, one of the winners in this draft, you're either going to do two things. You have the 7-14 to 14 pick, you're trading for the player you want, or you're going to draft guys that can have an impact now and set up for the future. And I don't know – like, I, I thought the Rockets did that well, but looking at the Warriors, and they only had two picks, they did it perfect. Mm-hmm. You draft Jonathan Kaminga, who potential is limitless. You know, I hear, you know, back and forth, do you like Kaminga? Do you like Barnes? I think Barnes is better with the ball in his hands. But Kaminga is just as good as far as being able to guard multiple positions and know how to score and where to score. And, you know, you draft Moses Moody at 14. So you got two guys that are going to learn behind Clay Thompson and Moses Moody as a 3 and D guy and learn behind Draymond Gein as a guy that can do everything on the court. And I think Kaminga already is a way better scorer than Draymond Green. So when I look at those two guys, I think they're going to have an immediate impact coming off the bench because the Warriors, they need to help on the bench. You know, you had injuries to Pascal. You had injuries to a lot of their guards. So you bring in Moses, uh, Moses Moody, who's another shooter that the Warriors need, and he can also defend, and you bring in Kaminga that can play the 3-4, can play small ball 5. I think the Warriors set themselves up now and for the future because you got guys like Clay getting older, Steph getting older, Draymond getting older. So now you have three guys. And, you know, I look at um, last year you draft Wiseman. This year Moses, uh, Moses Modi, um, I'm sounding like Kendrick Perkins right now, man. <laughs> Moody and Kaminga. And you got three guys in the past two years who are going to be starters very, very soon. And I think the Warriors, you know, really did well this draft because I look at them in the past decade – they're arguably, you could say, the best drafting team. You know, everybody says, oh, they were the super team. They really brought in, you know, one major guy. Other than that, it was getting the right free agents and it was drafting the right uh, players. And the Warriors are a great drafting team. And with those two picks they had, I think they did amazing. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely getting two, um, you know, two players like that. And, you know, Jonathan Kalunga, you know, was able to, you know, play in the G League, play against grown men and, mm-hmm. You know, we kind of seen that's that's kind of work, you know, for for a lot a lot of players, you know, that's uh, taking the G League route. So uh, obviously, we'll see more players take that route. But uh, yeah, just he, he, Kaminga see the floor just because you know he's able to defend, 
uh, and, and be versatile. So I could definitely see why you went that route there. They, they definitely got two guys that could contribute uh, contribute early. Definitely. Now we just talked about the winners. Now let's talk to. Now it's time to talk about the losers of the draft. And again, I feel like I wrote a lot of teams down because I know me and you think a lot. And you know your phrase, "What can go wrong will go wrong." Mm-hmm. A lot of teams fall into this category. So, you know, I, I let you start off last time. I'm gonna go ahead and start off this time. The yeah, first loser I have, and I think we're going to agree on this. And a lot of people, you know, might think differently, but I'm going with the Orlando Magic. Mm. I have to go. Mm-hmm. I have to go with the Magic, and it's not because of who they drafted. Because don't get me wrong, I think Jalen Suggs is an amazing prospect, and I think you drafted him because he's the best player available in their eyes. And I like yeah. Wag. I like Wagner from Michigan. I think he's amazing. But I really, I, I consider you know who they drafted, where they drafted, and I believe they could have won Book Knight and Kaminga. And I would have liked that duo better than Suggs and Wagner, especially for the fit. You know, you draft Jalen Suggs, so now you have Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, you just played Markel Fultz, and you have Michael Carter-Williams. You have four four point guards. And you got a whole bunch of point, like three of those point guards can't shoot right now. Exactly. They cannot shoot, and they're more on-ball guards. It'd be different Mm -hmm. if you have, you know, two guys at a point guard spot that can play on and off the ball, kind of like how Rozier and, you know, LaMelo play. All four point guards work best with the ball in their hand because they're not great shooters. And I just think that was a terrible fit. Like we talked about, I wouldn't want book night. I would have wanted a shooting guard that can score. Okay, you got R.J. Hampton, but there you go. Add yourself another shooting guard because Gary Harris is probably going to be able to move. And Terrence Ross, they be you know, they would not be smart if they didn't move him. So I think they needed more two guards than point guards. And so I just really don't like that fit. And I love Jalen Suggs. It has nothing to do with him. I just mm-hmm. don't understand how it's going to fit when you got four guards that are all ball dominant. And with Wagner, I have nothing bad to say about him. I think he's going to come in. You know, he's going to be amazing, you know, probably playing the three and moving Isaac to the four. I just feel like they really could have went Book Knight and Kaminga. You could have went Kaminga, then Book Knight, because I'm pretty sure he still would have fell to eight. I just, yeah. you know, I scratch my head when I look at Orlando Magic. I'm, You know, I'm glad they didn't draft the center because they was drafting centers back-to-back drafts. But mm-hmm. now you're going to the point guard route. You need to fill two through four. And I don't think they did a good job doing that in this draft. Nah, uh, yeah, they they were definitely one of the, one of the teams on my list, not because of the players they drafted, because of the fits. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did not see, um, uh, you know, a fit, you know, with Suggs, especially in that backcourt. Um, and like I said, can't none of what you name like Mark Carter Williams struggle shooting the ball, Fall struggles shooting shooting the ball, and Suggs right now is not. Um, an elite shooter, mm-hmm. and that's something he has to work on. I'm just not. I just want to know who's going to move to the two when all when any combo of those two players are on the floor together. Exactly. Um, that's just going to be an interesting look there. So I could definitely see where you see they lost the draft. That um, for me, and this team drafts well. They always draft well. Uh, you know, and they're gonna have to prove me wrong. And I know but where you're going with this. The Thunder. I'm there on my list, too. <laughs> the Thunder at six, man. I, You know, I, I, it was cheap. I said, book night. Mm-hmm. You put him next to Shade, Gildas Alexander. You got a nice backcourt for the future, something to build around. Uh, you know, and then you can be flexible. Flexible, excuse me, with Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look to flip him again for something. Mm-hmm. I, I just – I. I mean, Josh Giddy. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect the kid, 
Um, you know, I just think everybody's trying to find that Luca sensation. Yes. And everybody's not going to be Luca. Luca's special, one of mm-hmm. a kind, playing against grown men at 14 years old. You're not going to find too many, you know, Luca Doncic in the draft. Um, and I think that's where they were reaching for because he got some playmaking ability or whatnot. He was the best playmaker. Uh, He's the best play. I say this about Giddy. He's by far the best playmaker in the draft. But I'm with you. The best on, playmaker in the draft. Oh, it's not close. I, I I think others have a chance to catch on catch him up. Like you know, others. You know, K. Cunningham's going to come in. He's going to show he's an elite playmaker. But going into the draft, I think he was by far the best playmaker in the draft. Yeah, yeah, and, and, he, and like I said, he could be, he could turn out to be a stud. He could be an All NBA player, no doubt about it. I just felt that with even if you want Kamunga was on the board, mm-hmm. um, you know, like like I said, Boot Knight was on the board, Davion Mitchell was on the board. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was better options uh, for uh, for 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 the Thunder at the time at six because right now you got all these picks, you know, and they got to pan out. Yeah. OKC is not a prime free agent destination spot for anybody. So you got to make sure when you pick in lottery, um, and they're going to be picking lottery for a couple of years, I feel like, um, until they grow up. Mm-hmm. You got to hit on these. And I just think Josh Giddy was just a big question mark and a what if to be picking at six. Yeah, they're, they're on my list as well. And I knew how you felt about Giddy. You know, for me, I'm with you. I wouldn't want a book night, but you know, if I'm thinking like the Thunder, I'm saying, okay, when I look at Shea, I think he's better used as a scorer. So maybe in their mind, they're saying, hey, let's get a guy who can, you know, play, you know, because at 6'8, he, he can honestly play the two. And you're probably mm-hmm. going to have um, Lou Dort at the three. So maybe mm-hmm. at 6'8, he can be more the facilitator and grow into a scoring role, but I'm with yeah. you. I would have just won book night and just had a dominant scoring, you know, backcourt because Shea Gilles Alexander can play make. But the reason why they're on my list, and I like what they did at 18, because honestly, in my mock draft, I had them picking Trey, man. I like uh, I like uh, Robinson Earl from Villanova. And yeah. I like Aaron Wiggins. I just don't understand why they traded away 16. Okay, you got future yeah. first-round picks. But when I look at Sagan, who went to the – um. Rockets, that's why I think they should have went with that 16 because you traded away Al Horford, you traded away uh, Moses Brown. You know, yes, you still got Bradley, but I want a center that I know is going to pan out and be dominant. And I look at Sega and I talked about it earlier. The inside presence is there. The potential to expand upon his game is there. He's the most dominant European player as a teenager. Dude was averaging 20 and 10 as, at 18, 17 years old with yeah. almost two blocks and almost two steals. This dude is dominant, and I just don't understand. They were on my list for that reason. Why you traded away that young center? Because he could be a nice pick and roll guy with Shea. Yep, yep. So I mean, the Thunder got to prove us wrong mm-hmm. uh, on, on this, on this. But uh, but that's what the Jazz for. We will see and definitely see how this paired out. But I just didn't like what the uh, what what the Thunder brought there. I just thought that they could have gotten someone else. But like I said, we can look back on this three years wrong. Mm-hmm. And, he could be the next next Luca for all we know. <laughs> yeah, he definitely he definitely can. Another team that is on my list that is more fit than personnel is the Sacramento Kings. I mm. just I just don't under like don't get me wrong. Can't I can't go wrong. They on the list. I love Davion Mitchell. And I feel like if he went to a different team, I could see it more. But I don't understand how they're going to go to three four guard lineup. Like you bring in Davion Mitchell, who's not like he's six 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 seven. He's under six four. 
and all your point guards under 6'4", with Darren Fox, with Tyrese Halliburton. I just don't understand the fit right there. I, you know, I guess they're saying, okay, we're going to move off of, you know, um, Buddy Hill. One of them is going to be at the two guard, but, you know, I just – I don't know. I feel like you could have won a big – you could have won Sagan right there because you're probably going to lose Holmes. Yes, you just traded for, you know, Chris Tristan Thompson, but this didn't happen at the time. You could have went uh, to get a forward because who knows what's going to happen with Harrison Barnes. Probably not going to re-sign him. You need a power forward. So, I just mm-hmm. don't understand getting another guard yet again. They got – I feel like they drafted three or four point guards in the past four or five drafts. I just yeah. – I don't understand the mindset right there. And with the second round pick and uh, the center from Utah State, I don't know much about him. So, uh, you know, grabbing oh, a center. Yeah, grabbing a center, I think. Um, actually, I think I might have saw him play in a tournament once. But Yeah, um, I think I saw him play. He was not bad. Yeah, but just grabbing a center, I, I'm not going to, you know, and they're saying he's a big body guy that can move around the inside. That's fine. I, I like that addition of getting the center. And I like Davion Mitchell. But, again, just like the Orlando Magic, I do not understand the fit. How many point guards is enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely I definitely agree with you there, um, and you know with the Kings, you know if you ever you know heard you know what can go wrong will go, go wrong. wrong. That's my saying with certain organizations and all sports. Kings are one of them. Uh, they had a year when they had Demarcus Cousins. They drafted like four centers in a row, mm-hmm. and then now you got a premier point guard at the Aaron Fox. <laughs> okay, Holly Burton, I love that pick last year to pair alongside of him. Now you're going that same round drafting guards again. I just don't know what D Rock is doing. I don't know what um I like Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be like a first team all defensive guy. Same. Uh um he, he may, you know, be up there for running for defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. That's how good he is but defensively. And I think he can play offensively as well. I think he, he's nice, I think he's nice overall. Just don't see the fit. I don't yeah. know if you fit, fit there, but hopefully they can work it out and they don't have the best coaching in the world either. <laughs> no, uh, they don't. He, they, so. <laughs> one of the worst coaches in the league. Exactly. And they keep extending. They keep I, I, extra year. I, I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know why either, man. I, <laughs> I, I just have no idea. Uh, for me, and it's going to be a shock mm-hmm. uh, where I say where, where the teams lose, I'm going to Warriors. Mm. And the reason why is – I like who they pick, mm-hmm. but they are in win now mode. Yeah, how many years are you going to waste on Steph Curry MVP form? Yeah, how he's in MVP form. Uh, you know, we seen we seen last year Steph on the field. You know, is still legit, still elite, and you know can possibly will this team to the playoffs with just Draymond. Mm-hmm. So we get we get Clay back. And, I mean, you know, if they try dangling Steph. And some pieces out there. Um, I just feel like they need to get a now player. I, I feel like they, they championship window possibly can still be open mm-hmm. if they get that piece. Um, whether the piece be a, a more solidified big man uh, or anything like that. Like, I would have loved to see, you know, possibly give up seven, four. Wise man, with whoever they got to get with up, I would love to see Carl Anthony Towns. They still can. They don't can don't still, write it off. They can still do it. I would just love to see Steph, Clay, Draymond, and um, and Cat together. I think now you talk about a championship window back open. I think the Warriors will be there. I just 
like I said, I love the picks that they made. I just don't think it helps them get closer to a championship. And their window is still available with Steph Curry playing the way he's playing. That's I agree with you on that. And and I still think there possibly still could be a trade because I don't see a team, you know, like, like the um, Timberwolves passing up on all those guys, especially, you know, the, you know, potential of those guys. But in my opinion – I'm with you. They need to make a trade. They could have probably got some more now ready guys. That like, I think if Chris Dorte from Oregon would have fell at 14, they'll draft him and keep him because I think he's he's a he can play right now and give you eight to twelve points, knock down some threes, and be a 3D guy. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. My last team, I'm gonna go with the New York Knicks. Mm. I'm going with the Knicks. I just I don't understand what they did in the draft. It, it it makes zero sense to me what they did in the draft. Now, some may say the draft don't matter because they have a lot of money, you know, a lot of money to spend. But they have to get the guys first to spend that money. They have to get guys to commit. And so when I look at the draft, and you could have added pieces, you know, that could potentially help you, Mm-hmm. You moved back multiple times. You went from 19, you moved back from 21, and now the picks you had was 25, 34, 36, and 58. I don't understand that. Because at 19, you could have got a guy like Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. that that went to Atlanta. You know, you mm-hmm. could have got you could have got guys like Josh Christopher. You know, you could have got, you know, multiple guys that can come in. You could have got a Keon Johnson, who you ended up trading with to the Rockets. You know, you could have got all these, a Nyshawn Holland from VCU, a knockdown shooter, and they desperately need shooting. You know, you could have got a lot of pieces that would come in, you know, even if, no, I'm not even going to save his name. I'm going to save it for later. But in my opinion, they could have drafted better guys that, uh, you know, come in and play right now. I like Quinn Grimes, though. So I'm not going to, there's nothing about who they drafted because I like Quinn Grimes. I like McBride from uh, West Virginia. I like Jericho Sims. He has the bounce I saw this man has uber bounce. I mean, yeah. did you see the video where he's basically, you know, could have jumped in the room literally? Yeah, like, jumped in the room. Yeah, that, that was nasty. And I don't know a lot about, you know, the guy Rokas from Lithuania. The only thing I heard about him, and I, I'm not going to, you know, judge him off this, but it's like, yeah, this is the guy that scored 31 on LaMelo when LaMelo was in Lithuania. In my head, I'm like, LaMelo was 15 years old when he was a Lithuania. So if that's yeah, your key yeah. moment, I don't know how much I like that. But that's with, fair. The, <laughs> with the Knicks, I just don't like the fact that you traded down 19 to 21 and then your two top picks are 25 and 34, 14. That has to add quality guys. And it's not like they traded for a player. You just traded down. I just don't understand the mindset right now with the Knicks. And I feel like they're banking on signing some key guys because if they don't, they're not even going to make the playing tournament last year with this terrible draft. Mm. I think they go backwards like that if they don't. Uh, if, if they don't it's, sign it's, yeah. the right guys, they're going backwards because they could have grabbed shooters in this draft. I like the fact that they want guard-oriented because, you know, you uh, you don't want Alfred Payne playing no more. You But you, D-Rose might leave, you know, Bullock might leave. But I feel like, you had, you know, specific problems in your team that you needed to address, like shooting, and you could have got another shooter. But, you know, it's the Knicks, and they do New York Knicks things. And I'm not going to lie, and a lot of people don't want to say it, but for the past five to seven years, they've been on your list. So what can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. They was trying to work their way off that list. And uh, 
I think they worked their way back See, on that list. I think they 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 getting their way back on, but I got an honorable mention for the draft who I really liked. Mm-hmm. I did like the Grizzlies draft. Oh yeah, I did. I, I did like yep. the Grizzlies draft. I liked them getting Zaire, Zaire Williams mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> at ten there and getting Jared Butler too. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, he went to the Jazz, but I do like um, uh, Zaire Williams because mm-hmm. uh, he you, know, you talk about somebody that's an athlete. Um, and he can, you know, you put him next to Ja in the future, mm-hmm. man, that's something that can be special. So I, I, I did like the uh, at 10 getting, uh, you know, Zaire, even though I thought Boot Knight would be the pick there. Me but too. Zaire Williams, that's not a, that's somebody that's six, seven, six, eight, jump out the gym, um, you know, and definitely a good score. I think, you know, that would help him a lot too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I said <laughs> I kept tweeting after he didn't fall, after Book and I didn't go, you know, top seven, he didn't go top eight. I'm like, man, I don't want him at the king. So I didn't tweet anything about the king. Yeah, me, I, I said, ain't tweet nothing about the king. <laughs> but I, I said, said, please, no king. Don't let him go to the Grizzlies because Dylan Brooks can play the three and you add another pure score next to Ja. Who I, and I feel like when I look at Book Knight, his three point percentage in college doesn't really, I, I think, show how good of a shooter he is because you look at a lot of these guys in college and the way they're shooting one they're shooting contested shots because they're by far the best player on their team so they're shooting like you know how james Harden. you look at his three-point percentage and it's mid you know mid-30s but that's because he's shooting a lot of step back jumpers you even talking about catching and shooting when you're playing with a guy like john morant and you got jaron jackson down low i think he's going to shoot well if he went there he would have shot like 37 38 percent as a rookie yep yep Yep, I, I agree with you. I think he has a great stroke. Um, Boot Knight's going to be a good player in the league. I mean, if he's not, I'll, I'll eat crow. Because <laughs> uh, I was very high on him, but I really think he's going to be a good player. Same, same, same. So let's talk about this. The pick that surprised you the most. There was uh, quite a few picks. I mean, outside of the, uh, the pick at six with Kitty. Uh, um, the pick that that shocked me the most, and I don't see it in them. And I could have easily called them losers if it wasn't for the Westbrook trade. Was the Wizards drafting Corey Kispert? Mm. I'm just outside of probably Suggs. It's just when has Gonzaga players ever panned out in the NBA? Um, more of more of like a team system type of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Rui's okay for the Wizards, but mm-hmm. I just feel like they just drafted a type of player. Like they drafted last year, uh, Avija. A, a I didn't uh, like. I didn't like that pick at all. I hated. I didn't that like pick. that pick. I hated that and pick. I just think Corey's more of a catch and shoot three guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not seeing where I could honestly see him start like in the G League somewhere. Honestly, mm. I, I, just for me, just drafted right outside of the. Um, drafting right outside of the lottery, you can get mm-hmm. a lottery type player, and I don't think they got a lottery type player. I was shocked to see him. Uh, shocked to see him pick that high. Like you said, you had Jalen Johnson out there. You had Keon Johnson out there. Um, you had guys that I thought that would be better suited to be in Washington and play alongside Bill, or you know, give mm-hmm. him some help. But you know, Wizards is one of those what can't go wrong, will go wrong. So I was just yeah. shocked to see Corey uh, Kispert pick that high. I mean, even though they had him up there, I just thought he would drop mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, because coming into the coming into the league, he kind of gives me like J.J. Reddick vibes coming into the league. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, he's 
good catcher shoe. He can knock down trades, but he mm -hmm. needs to work more off the bounce. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And JJ improved that a lot as time went on. But um, yeah, he got he has to improve a lot off the bounce there. I just I was just feeling like oh yeah. See me, I, I was high on Crisper because of the size and the potential to be a three and D guy and the experience. And he is arguably the best shooter in the draft, especially at yeah, that position. Yeah. So I'm not mad at the player, but I, I'm kind of with you on the pick. In my opinion, I'm surprised they didn't get a guard. I'm surprised you didn't get a point guard or a shooting guard. And I look at what he did at 31, Isaiah Todd. And I'm high on Isaiah Todd. I think in a couple of years he could really be, you know, a very special NBA player. But you drafted two forwards, basically, and you already have uh, Hachimura. You already have the guy you drafted last mm -hmm. year, Denny. I, I don't want to butcher his last name. Yeah, I you missed that up too. Yeah, you, bring in, you, already, you just brought in Kuzma. You brought in KCP. You have Bill. You need, to me, a point guard and – you know, another guy I'm high, I'm going to talk about a little bit later, you know, in the Shine Holland. I, I was telling you about him, mm -hmm. you Bones, know, er, yeah. yeah, early. You know, he put on for the state of Delaware and everybody in Delaware is room for him. Even a, and even a Sharif Cooper, I wouldn't have been mad if they drafted this high. Because yeah, my, I'll take that. Because in my opinion, you need a point guard next to Bill. And I look at Sharif Cooper and I think he has potential to be a very, very good NBA player. And so I'm just surprised they went two forwards. I'm with you. And that, and that kind of shocked me as well that they ended up going two forwards instead of getting the guard, especially after the Westbrook trade. If this is before the Westbrook trade, you know, before you brought in KCP and Kuzma, then I, you know, I wouldn't be as shocked. But this is after the Westbrook trade. You still went forward heavy. I just, in my mind, I can't comprehend that. Yep. Uh, no, I definitely, I, I agree with you there. So uh, who do you feel that, you know, that was kind of shocked when? I say not, you know. shocked in a good way is that Zaire Williams pick number 10 to me. Yeah. That yeah, pick, I didn't expect him at 10, but that I, was... I didn't expect him at 10, but I say this from the first mock after the lottery, right? In the first mock draft I'm reading, and a lot of people had him in that mid-20s. And as we're getting closer to the draft, you see I see him slide up from the 18s to the 15s to being ranked the mm -hmm. top, you know, 13 prospect. And everybody knew coming out of high school how you know good this guy can be. And like you said, some people when they're one and done, it's tricky with the one and done's because if you know you're going one and done, you don't have the best year, but you still go anyway, you could potentially drop. That's what I saw on Josh Christopher. And I didn't know if the same thing was going to happen to Isaiah Williams. But when I saw the Memphis Grizzlies draft him, it was a smile on my face because the potential this dude has is limitless. And when I look at guys that have that six, eight range in my mind, there is like, there's no way you can't be a good defender. I don't need mm -hmm. you, I don't need you to be, you know, a lockdown Kawhi Leonard defender, but you at least be above average defender where you can hold your own. And in that size, if he can be an above average, you know, average, close to above average defender, you don't have to be mm -hmm. all NBA, but be mm -hmm. able to hold your own and maybe guard three through four with positionless basketball. You have small power forwards. I look at him and Dylan Brooks, and that could be a nice duo. And I look at Kyle Anderson being a free agent next year. And so that's why I like this draft pick, because you don't need him necessarily to pan out and be the guy right now in number 10. He could sit back, come mm -hmm. off the bench, you know, develop his game, be a scorer, you know, you know, understand where he works in the offense. And next year, if you don't want to pay Kyle Anderson and Zyra Williams is ready, you can slide him right in, and that'd be a perfect fit. And so that pick shocked me because, you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm surprised you didn't go, uh, you know, a book night for his pure scoring. And mm -hmm. we knew that was for me a swing pick. But everybody that I think understands the game of basketball and really watch Zaire, you know, play, they understand the potential for him is there and he can and he will be that good. And so, you know, I'm glad Memphis ended up drafting him. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memphis, that was a good fit for Memphis. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Memphis can do there in, in the future. They made some very good moves uh, so far early on in this offseason. They definitely did. And they still have, you know, the guy who I don't like at all, and Eric Bledsoe, who they who they can still move upon. And so I feel like you move him, you get another good piece. And this is another team I feel like can like the past two years, even with you know not the best roster, they were still able to be AC, AC, you know, in that playing tournament. So I feel like they keep adding young guys, they keep adding the right vets, and they might not be a playing tournament for much longer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have to take that next step, whether it's like six C, seven C, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, they gotta take that next step. All right, now let me ask you this: three sleepers. Of the draft because to me, mm-hmm. this draft one through 60, there were a lot of guys who could jump up to be all star one day. Mm-hmm. They just needed the right situation. So, yeah. in your opinion, you know, we can go back and forth as well. And I'll let you start off, mm-hmm. you know, sleepers of the draft. First sleeper for me, and I'm, I'm shocked he wasn't the first round there, uh, is A.O. DeSumo from, mm-hmm. from on my list. On my um, list. You know, this is a guy, he's a bucket, man. He found a way to get a bucket. Um, maybe that was part of the reason why he dropped as a point guard. Maybe he got to improve his facilitating or whatnot. But, man, he can score. And you got to be able to do that, uh, you know, in the NBA. I like his size around 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, um, you know, he's uh, lengthy. Um, I thought he was the first-round draft pick for sure in the 20s. Mm-hmm. But he slid to the Bulls, um, which – I'm um, starting to um, – they might they, – they they working on the list. Oh, no, they should be on your list. They, 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 uh, you they know, should be on your on list. Because I, I, I do like the pick because I think he's going to be special. Fit, though. You know what I mean? It's still like how is he going to fit? You know, you still got Kobe White there. You still got Zach Levine. You know, you still got these backcourt pieces. I'm just – Trying to figure out how um, that's going to work, but I just think he's a special talent. Someone they're going to have to play right away, mm-hmm. and I think he can step step on the floor if they give him the if they give him playing time. Yeah, double digit score right away in the NBA. And I, and I love that pick as well. He was a guy for me who I thought should have been the first round when he fell to Chicago. I said that that might be the steal of the draft. And then I sat back and thought, hold on, they got Kobe White, but they Kobe White, even though he was a top four or five score on that team. He didn't play a lot. Like, I have, you know, shout out to fi- everybody at Fire Sticks. I encourage everybody to get a Fire Stick. But I have a Fire Stick, and I was, you know, I, w- I had the ability to have, you know, league pass, you know, watch, you know, have the ability to watch every single team. And when I would tune into Chicago, there was a lot of times I didn't see Kobe White play. And I'm, you know, scratching my head saying he's a lottery pick. He's a guy that can get buckets. He's, I thought he's going to be a perfect backcourt mate with Zach Levine. Why is he not getting the right playing time? And so when you draft Ayo, you know, Ayo, I don't want to butcher his name, but I probably just did. I think he can do the same thing Kobe White's doing, but you already have a guy like Kobe White there. Yeah. It's it just, but I honestly think, you know, even if you have one star and one off the bench, that's a perfect backcourt duo mate. And you can rotate those three guys with Zach Levine. I think it can work, but it's all about coaching. Yep. 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 Uh, Billy Donovan. You know, maybe you can figure that out. He's not a bad coach, so yeah. I mean, maybe you know he can figure figure out how that works. And you never know. You know, he's he didn't draft Kobe White, so yeah, maybe he look at Kobe White like he don't fit what he was trying to do. So it'll be interesting to see how he's used moving forward. Definitely interesting for me, and I think you probably know who I'm going with first in my sleeper is Bones Holland, 26 to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, 
there's a lot of teams, you know, that need shooting. And I'm taking my lens off of watching them play in high school, you know, and, wa- and then wa- watching this story, watching them play at college. I'm just thinking about, you know, if I don't know him, look at what he brings to a team. There's a lot of teams that need shooting and they need scoring from the guard position. I'm not coming in and saying he's going to come in and be, you know, you know, be a Trey Young immediately or bring one of right. these guys. But I'm saying for him to be a guy, that, a rotational player, that if you just look at shooting, and you watch him shoot in the combine. I think that's he, – he, at first, people were rating him, you know, the top 40. Then after the combine, everybody's saying and seeing how good of a shooter he is and knocking down all these three-pointers at limitless range. A lot of teams could use that. Then you watch him in the combine and play and realize that he can score with the ball in his hands. He's more than just a score. He can play on and off the ball. He can create offense for himself and his teammates as well. You look at the things you need to work on. There are things that everybody, you know, gets better at when you enter an NBA, like defense, like strength and athleticism. Those are easy things with the right coaches to work upon. But I look at the shooting value and I look at the team like the Nuggets and Will Barton. He's a free agent. I don't know if he's going to sign back. So that's some scoring yep. that you're losing. Jamal Murray, he's out for it, you know. You know, X amount of time. So that's a you know a guard spot that you're losing. You got Marcus Howard. You know, you got Rivers if you're bringing back. You got Compazzo, but you need some knockdown shooting. And one thing yeah. about Bowen Thailand is he's a knockdown shooter. I think you know for that being one of their only, I think it might have been their only pick in the draft. They got a guy who's going to come in right away and prove that he can shoot 38, not 39 percent from the three point line, especially because he was the main ball handler and really the best scorer on that VCU team. He's taking, like I was talking about earlier, with three-point percentage in book night. They're taking tough jumpers, tough yeah. step-back jumpers. And he was shooting at a seven, you know, seven, eight, three-point, you know, attempt clip and shooting 39%. So just imagine what open, you know, open three-pointers, the catch two three-pointers, you know, he's about to shoot right now with the Nuggets. I think with that being their only pick, they couldn't have got a better player. No, I, I, I agree. I, I agree with you there. Um, Bones Highland is definitely going to be solid, man. And when you hit me on to him, because you know, I'm a big college basketball fan, you're like, check mm-hmm. him out. I'm like, yeah, he, he, he's pretty good. You know, he, he's definitely pretty good. And, you know, and what, what really kind of shocked me about him is he showed he could put it on the floor mm-hmm. and score, you know, and he's just not a knockdown shooter. So, Definitely earned his right to be picked 26. And I like guys like that from small schools that work their way up into the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that story. Um, a person that I, I really like, and I'm, I'm kind of like you in this one. Uh, he's from Cincinnati, so I'm going to take the glasses off. Miles mm-hmm. um, McBride. I love it. Uh, he went to the Knicks. I love the pick um, just because, you know, you see, I've seen him at Moeller here, at Moeller High School here in Cincinnati and in West Virginia. With me, you know, Bob Huggins is coaching, so I still follow West Virginia basketball and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And he's just a winner. Like, you talk about it. Like, sometimes you you can't, you know, you just can't teach that. And he finds a way to win. Uh, he's gritty. He's tough. He's going to play defense. And he always played with a chip on his shoulder because every level, people doubt him. Like, he's supposed to be a football player. Mm-hmm. And he decided to play basketball, and everybody was like, oh, that's a bad move. It's terrible. And everybody's like, he's not going to make it at West Virginia. Well, you know, he, he was an all-conference performer yeah. and was arguably the best player on that team. Um, you know, and he just has that mindset, you know, and, and, and that toughness. He, he's a good leader, good floor general. He can make timely shots, make big shots. And I don't think the New York bright stage will be too, you know, be too bright for him. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good fit. Um, I think that's to be a, a player that we look back on and say, hey, you know, he's one of the 
better players in the draft. And I'm not saying he'll be an all-star or anything, but mm-hmm. I think Miles McBride could be someone that could be an 11, 12-year NBA player. No, I definitely agree. And when I called the Knicks one of the losers of my draft, it wasn't necessarily of who they drafted. It's kind of yeah. just moving back. And I like that pick because, like I said, you're probably going to lose a Derrick Rose. You yeah. know, they don't really want Alfred Payton back. You have an Emmanuel quickly, but you need some more guards and, you know, more guards with that, you know, toughness that can play make, that can do it on both ends of the court. And I think, you know, he's one of those guys. And so I love the pick right there for New York. But, uh, you know, yeah, st- staying in New York, mm. but a different team. Mm. I'm going to Brooklyn. Cool. Brooklyn Nets, 27. Cam Thomas. Oh, that was on my list. That was next on my list. I just don't understand how <laughs> certain players fall in the draft, and I look at teams that they need certain skill sets. And I'm looking at Cam Thomas as a freshman leading the SEC. I believe he's a freshman, but leaving the SEC and scoring. A yep. lot of teams need scoring. Yep. He's a pure scorer. And I don't understand how you let him fall to the Nets, who just traded away Larry Shamit. Well, my opinion, just, you know, I think he hasn't been the same since he left Philly. He might as well just come back to Philly, but that's another story. But, um, you know, <laughs> when I look at the Nets and, you know, you look at how much money they potentially might have to pay Kevin Durant, Harden, and Kyrie and the short window that they have, they, and I'm surprised they didn't trade any of their picks, but then I'm not surprised because they're saying, okay, let's start, you know, so we have some quality guys now. So just in case these guys leave, we won't fall off to be the worst team in NBA like they were, you know, before when they, you know, made their trade for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, then the team decided to fall apart. And I look at Cam Thomas and you're telling this guy to come off the bench and just focus on one thing, score. That's all we need you to do. When you're in the game, just have tunnel vision, get to the basket, get to your spots, and be a scorer. And then when you're in the game with Kevin Durant, when you're in the game with Harden and Kyrie, it's not like you were in college where you're the main ball handler, you got to do all these things. The defenses aren't coming out the gate going to be as focused on you as they were in college. So scoring might be easier off the bat. You might be able to get to your spots easier. I just don't understand how this dude fell to 27 to the Brooklyn Nets. They don't – like. Do you not realize they don't need any more score and you just gave them a pure score? I know. Good luck because looking at everybody talked about their bench, you know, and how they needed more, you know, scoring off their bench. This guy Mm -hmm. takes the box. I think he can easily average, you know, depending on playing time, double digits. You're not asking him to average, you know, 16 to be six man in the year. But if he can just give you double digits every single night on good percentages, that's a steal. Because you you look at these top teams, you're not really, you know, looking at them to draft guys that's going to come in right away and be productive. I'm looking at the Nets, and I'm looking at, you know, and I like what they did in the draft. But just speaking on what they did at 27 to Cam Thomas, he's going to come in and I think have a huge impact, an immediate impact for this team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Cam Thomas was definitely <laughs> on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the third player that I was shocked that they was able uh, that went to twenty seven in the Nets. Talk about the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. Um, far as scoring, man, I, I was definitely uh, definitely shocked they was able to get him there. I thought he would go earlier, especially with some of the teams that, Same. like you said, he scored. <laughs> he could be able to put the ball in the hoop. Uh, yeah, just just shocked there. Uh, well, for me, I don't want to do Cam Thomas. Yeah, you had Cam uh-huh. Thomas, but a player that was supposed to be top ten years ago oh, just kind of hung around and late in the second round. 
But it's your guys, Charles Bassey. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, he's a player that, uh, you're not sure if the White's going to come back or not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a player I think that can come in and give you about 10 to 12 minutes a night, mm-hmm. 12 to 14 minutes a night. He's a premier shot blocker. He can do the things, like like you said, you, he has the luxury of playing for the team to where he can do the things he can do well while mm-hmm. getting better at other stuff. So they just to come in, be an energy guy, be a rebounder, block shots, finish around the rim. That's how they need him to do it. Charles Bassey is good at all three of those. Um, I think he's going to be someone that's going to carve out some time, be, be able to make the roster at least. Mm-hmm. And I think within a year or so, you're going to see him get quality minutes because Charles Bassey was a guy that's supposed to have been a lottery pick years ago. Yeah. And for some reason, it just never, never materialized. I think he stayed in college too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that hurts you. Yeah. But you talk about somebody that's 6'10 uh, with a seven foot, three and a half wingspan. Um, you know, I, I just think it was someone that can really, really help uh, the front court, especially when not going. Uh, Dwight Howard's gonna go after the end of the year and come about him possibly reunite with LA. So mm-hmm. um yeah, be a good pick and someone they could uh they can add to the back end of their roster or someone that can give them quality minutes as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I like that pick that you know we drafted Bassie because we don't know what's gonna happen with Dwight Howard. I would love to have him back because a lot of people complain that what he did, but I think Denby is just too soft now because a lot of things he was doing, he was just Problem, you know, with Dwight, he was just too strong for his own good, and I don't think he should be punished yep. for being stronger than everybody else because everybody else, all he does is lift weights. It's not hard to lift weights. Everybody else just doesn't lift weights. He's getting punished for it. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that could be a good pick because when I look at Paul Reed, who drafted last year, I think he can be more of a four than a five. And so Bassey, you know, going off the bench being a five, I, I like that pick. But the last guy who I'm going to go with, and I- I'm struggling because. There's a lot of guys who I could potentially name, you know, but I, I just save it for honorable mentions after you go. I'm going to go Jared Butler to the Utah Jazz. I love Jared Butler, man. I, I'm going to go Butler to the Utah Jazz. Now, the hope is that they're bringing back um, Mike Conley, and I, and I think they're going to be able to do that. I don't see why Mike, my, why Mike Conley wouldn't go anywhere else. You know, yeah. I, I love that fit for him. I love that fit for that team. And bringing a guy like Butler off the bench, you know, with one pick at 40, the fact that you were getting a guy who everybody thought was going to be a top 17 pick and he fell all the way to 40 and, you know, he has some health concerns, but if right. those health concerns are a non-factor and a non-issue, this is easily the steal of the draft. Easily the steal of the draft. Having him off yep. the bench with Clarkson and that being your backcourt off the bench. Yes. I, the, the, I don't see a team with a better backcourt off the bench. He's able to play both ways, able to score. He's able to facilitate. I just think this was a steal. And moving on for the future, he could honestly be the guy that's starting in the backcourt with um, Donovan Mitchell in the next couple of years. I, I don't understand how a guy like Butler fell to 40, but I think he was drafted to a perfect team in a perfect scenario with a great coach and a great system, you know, with the Utah Jazz and Quinn Snyder. So I love that pick. I love how you got one pick at 40 and you got the steal of the draft. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Jared Butler is definitely tough. Like I said, he had a little serious health condition. Mm-hmm. But I think the Jazz, you know, everything, it seemed like everything, he's been cleared to play, everything checked out. So the Jazz definitely got a steal. Yeah, uh, for, for sure. He's going to he's going to play minutes mm-hmm. right away. I, I don't see no way he doesn't play minutes right away. Mm. 
I just want thoughts from honorable mentions who I don't know how they fell. We got to talk about Jalen Johnson falling to 20. Yeah. I don't understand. That's somebody special there. I don't understand how teams did not draft the guy and Jalen Johnson that can play the two, the three, or the four and has unlimited potential. <laughs> you let him fall. Do you, think, do you think it's because he opted out early with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why they were struggling and kind of show signs of quitting I, in a sense. Abs- I 100% think that was the reason why he fell. Do I agree with it? No, because for me, I think – I mean, I, I could see why it would turn teams off that he did that. I could definitely see why. But if you're all in goal to get to the NBA and – I can see why that turned teams off. I just – I don't think it would bother me as much. Yeah, because people – got to look at it. If – I guess, like, if you're a GM and they're looking at, well, if Duke was 18-5 and five going to the tournament, would he stop playing? Yeah, that's true. That's you true. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way in hell he would, he would stop playing. He would have kept going, you know, go to the tournament, try to showcase his skills there. So I get the concern, but last year was just a cluster mess. Yes. So as far as COVID and everything else, I think everybody should have got a little bit somewhat of a pass last year. Yeah, I definitely agree. And some other names I want to throw before we move on. Kai Jones falling to the Hornets. I love that pick. Uh, Isaiah Todd, um, I love that pick. You know, Thor, I love that pick. You know, yeah. and the BJ Boston, I, I love that pick as well. But um, let, let's before we move on. I just want to ask you: Was there a guy that wasn't drafted that you were shocked he wasn't drafted? There was a few um that was shocked that they get drafted just from seeing watching them play because I'm a big college basketball fan. Um, one for me uh, that was shocked. Uh, I'm gonna I'm name two. One was the point guard from UNC Greensboro, Isaiah Miller. Mm-hmm. I thought he would get drafted just watching him play in the tournament. And uh, I thought he was a good, very good point guard. And I thought, you know, he would get drafted in the second round or somewhere. And they 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 had him possibly talking about going at the end of the first round, which goes to, you know, sorry to get off kilter here. But mm-hmm. these agents and some of these, you know, uh, people that's close to these guys, they got to stop. Yeah. Because there's no way – that he's projected first round and then he goes, don't go drafted. Mm-hmm. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying to these kids and it's messing up their future because, especially if they come out early, they can't go back to school. Exactly. So these some of these agents are just straight up full of it, giving these uh, kids bad info mm-hmm. and they're not getting drafted. Um, it can't be that the agent. Is you know, and agent and these teams, GMs are you know that far apart in opinion. Mm-hmm. I think these kids are getting lied to, and uh, and, and it's unfortunate because I'm looking at t- you know some you know players that they get drafted. What was uh, of course, <clears throat> Isaiah Miller. Even though he was a senior, I just thought he would get drafted. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at Ohio State's point guard Dwayne Washington. Somebody come out early was a big all Big Ten performer. Uh, he goes undrafted. Now, who told him that he was going to be a for sure draft pick to come out? That 
it, for me, it's baffling. I would like to see the kids go back to school, you know, have an option to go back to school if they don't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dwayne Washington and Isaiah Miller were two uh, guys, two point guards that I was shocked to get drafted. Sticking at the point guard spot, I'm going, you know, Joe Ali from Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. I was shocked he didn't go draft. He didn't get drafted. Looking at a lot of teams that needed guards, you know, not saying he's coming in and he's going to be, you know, again, not saying that all these guys are coming in right away and you're going to get, you know, your next franchise guy. But a lot of teams need that backup point guard. You know that, you know, that third string, the guy that could be a backup point guard or your backup too, because he just played with Suggs. Sure, they could be on and off the ball. I don't understand how he was not drafted. I had him, my mock draft. He was top 45. Because a lot of teams, like I said, needed a guard. And so the fact that he went undrafted, it shocked me, you know. But, you know, I, I just hope these, you know, a lot of these guys, listen, a lot of the top players of all time, you wouldn't know. That some players were undrafted. Christian Wood, who just got yeah. paid, who was going to probably be most improved player if he didn't get injured, was undrafted. There's a lot of guys in this league that were undrafted. So I hope these players know that, listen, if you go undrafted, low-key, that means you can sign whatever team you want. Yeah. just You just got to go perform. And so when I look at these guys going drafted, and like the, the guy from um, Texas Tech, I, I don't want to butcher his name, but, you know, dude as, as an athletic bounce can score, you just got, you know, your summer invite, your G League invite, you know, with the Lakers. Go make the most of it. You know, yep. So yeah, you got yeah, G League, Summer League, mm-hmm. make the best of it. Make the best of it. Make make the roster and do what you do that made you a top. Because a lot of these guys performed well in college, and you know, a lot of politics behind the scenes. Like you said, agents lying to these players saying you're projected here. You know, it, it's it's a crooked business, but just make the most of the opportunity you get. Yep, and if you don't make, you know, you play hard. If you don't make that roster, somebody else will pick you up. Exactly. It's, I've seen a lot of guys that play hard on one team, that team didn't get them, and another team picked them up. Yep, it always happens. So good luck to all those guys out there in the summer league, man. De- definitely, definitely. Well, as we're coming down to the end, some of the surprise topics I talked about earlier in the intro. Big trade just happened. Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers. I need to hear your thoughts on this because you 99.9 times are always right. Always right. And I choose not. You told me about Doc. I didn't listen. You told me about a lot of things. Uh, I said, no, there's no way. You ended up being right. So I need to hear your thoughts and opinions of Russell Westbrook going into the Los Angeles Lakers. Look, man, Russ, Russ to the Lakers. How can I even put it? I think – Put it this way, it's gonna work to some mm-hmm. degree now. What's the definition of work? I guess the definition of work in this case, an NBA title. Yeah. Um, in that case, I don't I, I don't see it working. I see them being a great, I see them being a good regular season team because mm-hmm. him and uh, well, Russ and LeBron on the fast break is gonna be let's just get that out there right now. Them two on the fast break in transition. It's going to be unstoppable. It's the playoff time for me. And, you know, when the games slow down. Mm-hmm. Now, if anybody can make this work, it's LeBron. Sure. But can you control Russ? I mean, I understand, you know, LeBron is a big figure. People listen to him. But Russ is Russ. And he already said, playing alongside James Harden, he couldn't play that way. He had to play, go back to his style with him holding the rock. 
So, what's going to happen? LeBron's ball dominant. LeBron has been trying to find another playmaker to get the ball his hands. And guess what? The ball always ends up in his hands. He's always the primary. So, what's going to happen? Now, is Russell Westbrook going to stand in the corner? Threes? That can't work. That's, that's, that can't happen. I mean, so Russ, Russ doesn't play that well off the ball. And, and if you're playing, if he's off the ball, the, the lanes are clogged up as far as drive, driving lanes. AD's in the post. You don't want him to settle for jumpers all the time. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how it will fit in a playoff scenario. I can see them going to the Western Conference Finals. I could possibly see them get to the finals, but I can see them lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so if you ask me, will it work? Because I think it's all about titles or not mm-hmm. at this point in the Lakers um, window and part of LeBron's window. I'm gonna say no. I don't see. I don't see no winning the title. I just think Russell, Russell Westbrook is too emotional, and I just think he's a he's a train wreck. Mm. Um, when the when the when the when the lights shine the brightest, I think he's a train wreck because I think he wants to do well so bad that he ends up doing nothing. Mm. And I just think that that's gonna cost him uh, when they get deep into the playoffs. That's and that's very. Very, very interesting. My my two cents on this, really, to be brief, is, you know, like we talked about, the regular season is the regular season. You know, teams that, are, you know, have the most talent are going to be able to coast and do what they have to do. But it's all about the playoffs. And I'm not necessarily as big as on, oh, my God, you know, no shoot. I'll say this. Buddy yeah. Hill might have been a better fit. And I think LeBron and AD can beat any big three by themselves. So Buddy Hill might have been a better pick, and you probably could have got him cheaper. But I don't think necessary three point shooting is overrated because the last two three champions, you know, they were shooting thirty one percent from the three point line in the finals. Now, oh yeah, having guys that can space the floor isn't overrated, but just having a whole bunch of shooters is overrated because at the end of the day, you need guys that can get their own, you need guys that can get buckets, you need guys that can go on both ends that can do you know a number of things, not just one thing. And I look at Russ; he can do all those things. And, you know, we talked about LeBron being a main playmaker. You know, I, I say this, Rondo in the role he kind of had in the finals, he was a very good facilitator. But Rondo probably wasn't playing the amount of minutes as Russ is about to play. Rondo exactly. wasn't looking to get the amount of shots as Russ is about to take now. Exactly. Now, Russ, I seen Russ when he was with Paul George, you know, that, that last time together, take a step back in a regular season. I do feel like and even this year, take a step back in the amount of shots and be a playmaker. I think, like you said, if anybody can make it work, it's LeBron. It's just to me about what are you going to do? And I, and I honestly think Anthony Davis cannot play the five unless you bring in a guy like Lloyd Marketing or somebody that's going to stand by the three-point line the entire time. AD, ha- AD can't play the four unless your five is really a stretch five, not a Marcus Saul who can not even shoot. Marcus Saul is a bum. I'm not going to call him a bum because he's in the NBA, but Marcus Saul is far past his prime. So in my yes. opinion, AD has to slide to the five. LeBron, LeBron doesn't really have to slide to the four unless you get it, you know, because you can get a guy that's six eight that can play the four. But they need their whoever the other two guys. They don't have to be only shooters, but they have to be above average shooters. They have to yes. be above average shooters. Yes, and 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 that's going to be you know the question mark. What shooting are you going to bring in? Obviously, it's free agency, you know, and a lot of better. Uh, you know, go line up with a better and minimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I just look at Russ 
you know, I, I look at his uh, his field goal percentage now. What gives what gives them what gives them light is that his best shooting year field goal percentage wise was with James Harden in Houston, and that worked. In my in my opinion, it worked to me. It worked, and if if Russ wasn't playing on one hamstring in the semifinals, I'm not saying they beat the Lakers, but it's way more competitive. And in my opinion, if he if he's not on that messed up hamstring, they're winning a couple of games, and they're not going to be playing the Lakers in the second round. They're probably going to be playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals because I feel like it worked, and we saw before COVID how dominant those two were. And I think yep. I think Russ can play on and off the ball. But only if the paint isn't clogged. That means AD has That's to play that five. AD, if, AD play, if AD plays the five, the paint won't be clogged. But if AD plays the four, I don't – unless you – because I'm not trying to see Russ, LeBron, and Drummond and AD on the court together. I, um, You can dominate the inside, but floor spacing is important. It's not everything, but it means something. At least have one guy that is not going to get sagged. You know, they're not going to sag on him when everybody's going to the basket. Right, right. And, then, you know, and, and apparently the meeting that they had together by putting aside each other's ego was about 80 going to the five, LeBron playing the four. So, um, so, so, so we'll see for sure. It's just that Russ, even though that was like one of his best shooting years percentage wise, uh-huh. he hated playing that way. Yeah, he, he still is. hated playing that way. And, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, when the championship at stake, maybe egos get pushed to the side. But, mm-hmm. I still don't. I still don't see how Russ is not gonna still put up eighteen shots tonight. Eighteen and to twenty shots tonight. I don't see. I don't see him not doing that. I agree with you. I agree with you because he did it with Harden. Harden was this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly and he think, had a big three in Melo, Paul George. Now see that. I, I that see that's a conversation because was that really a big three? Because Billy, because they all reported Billy Donovan didn't know what to do with Melo. And that, like, they, they used him wrong. But I'm with you on, you know, his, his shots went up. Like, in a regular season, right, and it was the same thing with Washington. You know, as I was saying, sorry for that, guys. But as I was saying, like, in a regular season, Washington, he was back and forth on shooting a lot. And, you know, you know, defaulting to Bradley Bill. But I did see in the playoffs, he was putting up a lot of shots. A lot. And, now, and I say yep. this, though. I will I will say this. this. This one thing I will have to say, though. With those two scenarios with the Rockets, and with the Wizards, who else was putting up all those shots? It's either he's putting up because Bradley Bill and James Harden are putting up the same amount of shots. And after that, yeah. the next player is putting up seven, maybe. So I think, you know, adding another guy in AD and LeBron, he might not have to put up as much. And if they surround, you know, we're going to, you know, touch on this, you know, real quick. They surround the right guys in free agency. I think it could work. I do, as of course, the championship or bust. <laughs> I do think by far they're the best team in the West only because Kawhi is out. I, I felt like if Kawhi yeah. was playing, the Clippers would really, you know, in my opinion, the, Kawhi, the Clippers would have went to the finals if Kawhi was playing easily. But um, yeah. I do think right now they're the best team in the West and their eyes is on Brooklyn, just like Brooklyn eyes is on LA. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, definitely agree. I, I just hated it, man, because I feel like if KP give us anything, and if people out there, I'm a mass fan. Mm-hmm. I just felt like if KP give us anything, anything, we could be up there with one of the top teams in the West. I mean, that that's could, that's easy. We could be the healthy Kawhi, almost be the healthy Kawhi by himself. That's true. Why the whole Clippers team was healthy that season. That's true. We took up a seven. I just, I just, 
you know, hate to switch topics there. I just hope that, you know, we can get some just quality help in the backcourt we need so we can be a top three or four West team because it's there. You got the superstar that can pull off any series, show that he can possibly pull off any series at any time. We just need a little help. Now, I say this. We don't even have to switch topics because the last topic, the last surprise topic is some free agency talk. Yes. You know, and as we're going to get into free agency and, you know, maybe we can collab again when, you know, players really start to sign. But free agency starts, you know, by the time people are listening to this, you know, free agency starts today. So let mm-hmm. me ask you this. It Who do you start want? today. It's not today. Yeah, well, it starts the second. Okay. I'm going to put but, this out in a second. Yeah, people start tampering for real tonight. Yeah, people really, <laughs> people are tampering right now tonight. You can officially start signing players. If I'm not mistaken, the official, you know, ink on the line can be happening on the 6th. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But with your with your team, and, and they made some moves, trading away Richardson, open up some cap space. Who do you want the Mavericks to target in free agency? Uh, um, and free agency, I would love for them to get – a DeRozan right now. I told you. I'm yeah, glad you yeah, said that. I'm yeah, glad you said yeah, that. I, I came around I to it. I came. You. We talked about it before. I'm like, I don't know if I want DeRozan. You know I mean? But I, I'm coming around to I'm warming up to the fact that DeRozan can really help uh, Luca. I mean, he's a 20 point scorer still. Uh, can create his own shot when Luca's possibly getting doubled off of pick and rolls. Uh, you need that. And I think that will help a ton. And I think that will push us up to that range to get help. Him, KP, and DeMar is a formidable three. That's the second seed uh, in the West. I'm telling you right now, y'all get DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> y'all going to the West. If Luka was able to do what he did two straight years against a team that everybody said could win the finals and they were healthy both times, Luka, DeMar, yep. and KP can get to the Western Conference Finals. I agree with that. I, I would like that, uh, like that fit there. So, I would go with DeMar, DeMar DeRose, and I would like to see him with my Dallas Mavericks. I think that would be a great fit. And another player that I heard, and I'm going to ask you what your thoughts on this, I heard being tossed around the Mavericks, was Kyle Lowry. How do you think about that? Interesting. I'll take you. Mm-hmm. I told you, I'm high. Like, you know, we discussed before, you know, on you know, previous shows that I like Kyle Lowry. You know, I like what he gives as far as leadership, what he would give as far as a leadership standpoint. Um, and I think ever since, you know, making – ever since winning the title, mm-hmm. you know, you get a more consistent Kyle Lowry. He knows yes. who he is. Uh, you know what I mean? And I would take that as well, especially if we could get him, you know, a little bit cheaper than DeMar DeRozan. Um, and if DeMar DeRozan – that would be plan B for me mm-hmm. on the plan A. But I would definitely take it. I would sign off on it for sure. Uh, a leader, a winner. Uh, you know, people that – I mean, you got to have guys that do things that doesn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. Yeah. He'll step in and take a charge. He'll you know, do all the gritty stuff and, and, you know, play a great – great, and he'll be another ball handler. Who mm-hmm. needs help handling that rock? He definitely. needs to be able to sometimes be able to catch the ball in the wing and do his moves from there instead of just – Bringing it up, facilitate everything, and I think you know Kyle Lowry will help with that too. I'm all down with that plan B. I want the Demar Derozan first, but Kyle Lowry, I'll definitely take him down. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you because when I look at Luca and how he was dominating for really three, three and three fourths of a quarter, but kind of would gas out towards the fourth, yep. and I don't blame him at all. People say, "Oh, he needs to be more." I mean, the only player that I've ever seen do something like that. Has been LeBron, but LeBron was way 
he was more mature at the time when he was doing this stuff. And so I, I do think, and you're and like, we're not asking regular players to carry a team for 48 minutes. You're not. Even the superstars we have in the league, they can't even do that. And so I do think just getting Luca, any help will work out. But if you're able to get him a former all-star, former all-NBA guy, then in my opinion, you can easily be the second team in the West. But this is the very, very last question. And again, you know, hopefully we can collab on some stuff when free agency Absolutely. really kicks off. But um, who do you think is going to be the most shocking signage of free agency that's going to shock a lot of people? Mm. Shocking free agent signing. Oh, that's what caught me off guard because it's always <laughs> some kind of it's always know, some kind of signing or or, or something. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um. I can't really call – I really can't call, a, you know, a surprise or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's time for Alonzo to head to New York, man. Mm, now, I think it's time for him to head to the Knicks. Head to the Knicks. Mm, I like that. I, I love that thing. I'm a huge Lonzo guy. So I am too. I, 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 I want him to do well. I still I still do for Lonzo. I still got hope for him. Now, would you like him in Dallas if you can't get Demar or Kyle? Would you like him in Dallas? Yes, because he he's shown that he he was shooting more threes and two pointers over seven, almost eight threes, and shooting at thirty eight percent. That's a shooter right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'll take Lonzo. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I would definitely take a, uh, you know, Lonzo, you know, on a, you know, backup plan. I definitely would. I, I like, you know, he. he and he gives a defense too. Mm-hmm. He gives us defense, uh, you know, and you know he'd be able to guard, you know, those uh, Western Conference point guards. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, you know, you go, you talk about Dad, you talk about Stab, you talk about, you know, all these guys. Top of the line, you got to have a point guard to be able to kind of at least slow them down or make it tough. And I think Lonzo can do that as a size, he, you know, playmaking ability. Um, yeah, I would take Lonzo absolutely. I sure would. Yeah, I, I'm gonna ask you, who do you uh-huh. want Philly to grab to kind of shore up your roster? Um, well, right now we 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 anybody that comes to Philly is probably gonna be on the vet minimum unless we use the MLE. But we don't really have a lot of money, and I, I I look at the positions we need, and um, right now I really want us to get a guy like Doug McDermott, not a name Ooh. that not a name that might not pop up on you on your screen. Right. But, but he's a guy that forward spot that can play the three or the four. And really, I'm looking at him coming off the bench and him being a four because we got Matisse really at the three. That can be a stretch four that can play and that can score. I think we need more scoring at the forward position. Not at the guard spot because we have a Maxi, We have a Curry. We have a Shake uh, Milton. We just brought in, I think, uh, let, let me not mistake his name, is Springer. We just brought him in. And uh, we, we don't really need a lot of guards. We need more forward, that small forward, power forward spot. So if we can get a guy like a Doug McDermott, I think that would make me happy. You know, even I, I think a guy like Laurie Marketing is going to – his market is sky high. So I don't think we're going to be able to get a guy like Laurie. But I would love a guy like Laurie Marketing, honestly. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, he just ain't really caught traction with the Bulls. I don't know yeah. why. Uh, but he is definitely got. I, I know we was talking about picking him up the bass mm-hmm. uh, for for a second there, uh, and pairing next to KP. But I'm like that because of the front court. Yeah. Um. So I necessarily went high on it, but I know that was an option for a minute. 
Let's talk about Perry next to KP, move KP to the five mm-hmm. in certain lineups and things like that. But Laurie Marketing, I think he still he could be definitely a you know a contributor for for a solid team. Um, I just don't think he need to be with the Bulls. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I like Lonzo to the Bulls as well. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Let me take that back. Oh uh, yeah, not yeah, too many yeah. point guards. Too many point. I would be yeah. I would be shocked if he goes there. I like the New York. I like the Dallas pick most. I like the if, if Dallas can somehow squeeze him, but see, I don't. We, we can talk about this all day, but if they have enough money to squeeze, because because Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to demand the payday. Oh yeah, that's the thing. I don't think we're going to sign him back. Oh man, uh, and and that would hurt my feelings. And I and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I was on the point that I hate Tim Hardaway. I'm like I couldn't stand Tim Hardaway probably for this playoffs because he's so inconsistent. And you've seen where he can give you 30, and the next night he give you 12 on four of 20 shooting. And that's why, but to it, me, he has to be a six-man for y'all. And I love him yeah. in that role. Yes, yes. And But in the playoffs, he came to play. Man, he's not afraid of the big moment. He'll no, take big not. shots. He'll take contested shots. He'll make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. really uh, – We'll really kind of grew up, and if I see him leave, it'll definitely uh, sting a little bit. That's why I was hoping that we possibly, if we could sign Lowry, mm-hmm. it's perhaps for Buddy Hill. Mm-hmm. I like that. I would like that. I would like that. I, I, would, I would like that as well. But one more, one more guy before getting this up that I think I don't know necessarily will he'll go now, mm-hmm. but I do think you know. If healthy, I mean, if healthy, he's helping uh, Victor Oladipo. But I just say, if healthy, the Heat won. They're not. They weren't going to be the six seed. They would be the four to five, and you know, and I say, and they'd have been in the Eastern Conference Finals. And if healthy, the Bucks are not destroying them like he did because Victor Oladipo is a guy that's a two-way guy that can score on all three levels. And for just the past three, four seasons, he has not been healthy. But right now, you know, he's not. A team is not going to overpay for a Victor Oladipo. So he can really go on a team and take his time to get healthy and come back at the right time. So I'm really curious to see which team takes a chance on VO because if you're looking at a team that's on the verge of being a contending spot and he comes in, he can have immediate impact in like a, a February or March when he's healthy. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. he'd be healthy by then. But I'm just looking at Victor Oladipo saying, man, I wonder where he's going to go because I think Miami might let him walk to get a Kyle Lowry, to get a DeMar, uh, DeMar DeRozan, get one of these big free agent guys. So if that's the case, he could sign with a team for, you know, a small contract, kind of, you know, how like DeMarcus Cousins did. And, yeah. and you know, hopefully he could stay healthy, come back at the right time like DeMarcus Cousins did in the playoffs and have an impact for that team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And uh, can't wait to see where the rumors going to uh... Where the rumors gonna gonna go, go, go uh, especially in this free agency, man. You know, people starting to you know going playing business and stuff. This is a fun part of of the off season. Yes, it's definitely a great part of all season. It can transition to the NFL, and you know we're gonna have some stuff to talk about that very very soon. But yeah. once again, thank you for coming on. I had a great time. Again, tell everybody where they can find you at. Yeah, you can find me uh, Facebook Cam Chancellor. Um, Coach Cam C on Twitter. Uh, actually, I have Twitter with timeout uh, with Coach Cam as well at timeout with Cam. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, timeout with Coach Cam, uh, Coach Cam Chance on uh, on Instagram, and timeout underscore with Coach Cam on Instagram. So 
You can catch me there. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and uh, tune in. Thank you again for hopping on the show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And that's a wrap for this episode. Hope you all have a great rest of the day. More content coming soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you all for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. I really appreciate the support and all the love. All the links to the different platforms I'm on is in the description down below. My Instagram, just in case you just want to put it in now, is sportsw underscore Chris. Sportsw underscore Chris. My Twitter is the same thing, sportsw underscore Chris. Make sure you follow me on my social so we can interact. I post a lot of content every single day. I'm asking, you know, all my followers questions every single day, trying to hear your input, you know, trying to just interact, trying to talk about sports. But again, thank you all for the support, man. I love it. I appreciate it. I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't getting all the support. Make sure you follow me so we can interact and maybe make an episode together. Have a good rest of the day and peace out.